happy Christmas. It's Christmas Day. Yeah. It's actually Christmas Eve. Uh, and part- we're back on the Shit Talk podcast. Mm-hmm. I fucking love the Shit Talk podcast. Yeah. It, yeah. Remember Seb was telling us he wanted to start a different podcast? Yeah. He'd like a non military And we got there first. No, but he was afraid. He's like po- political podcast something, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Um, he said, he, yeah, he started reading about politics and he enjoys talking about it. And we just went straight for it. Jesus, there's not a topic I'd be less excited about. Maybe like female beauty products. Mm, I would probably be able to take a better hand at female beauty products than politics. I would be le- couldn't be less educated on... Yeah. I could r- recognise... I'm naive to the point of idiocracy. But I think you, av- <laughs> you avoid it on purpose, though. You don't. Yeah. Oh, actually. no, I actually... Um, I like... I like uh, geopolitics, uh, just a glance, like, as in... Do you? You're a fiend for information, though. I do like... Like, you love reading The Guardian for yeah. no reason. Like. Yeah, 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 yeah. People are going to think I'm a bit left now if they think you, that. But you are left. Like, you read a heavy left paper, like... But, uh, see, the only reason... They're, you they're, also read an English newspaper. Do you know why I read The Guardian? Go on. The only reason I read The Guardian is... They use their interfaces better. The only website... They're the only newspaper that has a website that's not, like... Some, there's some kind of knighted us for saying retired recently. What? Was that someone else? It's the only website that's not retired as basically. <laughs> On every other, all the Irish websites are either, you have to pay a euro a month, which I absolutely not pay a euro a month for tripe. Uh, like, they, they're all... But if it, you, you no, read it multiple times a day, so it can't be tripe. Do you know what? Since, <laughs> since I left work, I don't read the newspaper half as much. Are you serious? Yeah, way less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, read. actually, because you used to always be talking about it. I was reading this thing in the Guardian. I just uh, half an hour in the morning. I thought I thought I just bullied you enough that you didn't tell me about it anymore. Nah, I de- like I don't think you could bully me enough about anything to be honest, because you're a soft gun. <laughs> no, I used to. It actually, you know, weirdly enough, at the bottom, you know, they gave me. Uh, they were trying to guilt me into donating because they take donations. I think oh the Guardian because they don't take any money. Yeah, uh, <laughs> says the two lads with a Patreon page. <laughs> we don't, I don't. Um, we should probably get rid of that. Yeah. But um, they told me how many articles I read in like two years or something and it was literally like two or three thousand. So like basically I was just such a dork. Like I just came in in the morning um, no new cells being the lab like so I'd sit down for half an hour and just read the newspaper. Um, when you're waiting for the cells to come in? Just waiting for my brain to wake up. Oh right. I don't do it as much now because we have work I want to do. and I like Man, to. medicine costs so much. I, don't, I have no idea why they have to pay people like you to sit in the lab and do fuck all. I remember when one of the newer girls started and she was like she was there for months like but just before I was leaving and she was like uh, no one used to come in I used to be first in the lab all the time yeah. I used to come in as early as possible because uh, there was flexi time and um, she they used to come in just like near the end I was getting a bit lax like yeah and uh, they used to be in like 15 minutes before me or she'd they'd come in like 15 minutes after me so normally yeah, to be yeah, like yeah. A, I'd have a good half an hour or more of room before anyone come in and talk to me, you know? Yeah. So it's ideal time just come in and sit down and read the newspaper. But she was like, she told me there before I left, she's like, at the start, I thought you hated me because I came in and I just ruined your newspaper reading time. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, you just used to talk to me. like, But I, I couldn't. You can't talk to people in the morning. That no, early. no, no, no. No way. No. Fuck no. But uh, yeah. What get, business would you have talking to people? What do you need to talk about that early in the morning? Nothing. Not, no nothing. Need, nothing needs to be talked about at 7 o'clock no. in the morning. No. But anyway, The Guardian is the only one that has like a non like spastic kind of like newspaper <laughs> website so you can just have a look yeah sometimes i'll see one thing they have actually is really good is they they pay journalists to do these called long reads remember i showed you a few of them before yeah where they it might take them two years to write an article so essentially they're writing a mini book you know yeah, yeah and it'll yeah. be on something like it'll be on um blood donations in china you know something just yeah. so weird but so interesting to read 
that's what I liked about theirs. But honestly, I haven't read those in ages because I'm not trying to waste time anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Uh, yeah, I just never... I hate current affairs. Yeah. Because... I can no. see, I, I really actually, I can really see how people get into current affairs though. I can see how you just be. Yeah, but I think it's so wasteful. Of time or just current? Of life? time. Well, the argument because is it's it, it it's politics, so like it directly affects your life. Yeah, but imagine how much better your life would be if you put all that time into being really good at math. Do you know or like I, if you if you put it into understanding something. Do you know what fits? It's not often I'll say this, but you're dead right. I, I am dead right. I totally right. agree with you. Yeah. But uh, I wasn't going to learn math at seven o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But like one of the lads in particular now loves reading the newspaper. Todd. Yeah. Todd loves, loves the sports section, loves reading the newspaper. But like obviously he reads it on a fucking laptop because it's 2020 and not <laughs> the 1800s. But <laughs> keep going. I'll tell you a second. Uh, but it's just so wasteful. Yeah. Like you're reading something that tomorrow that story would be different, right? If you watch an hour of Brexit shit every day on the mm-hmm. TV or read an article about Brexit every day, all everything, everything you read in the last twelve months is wrong now. Everything, and they're like, "Oh, it's current affairs. It directly affects me. It's actually really important to keep up to date." Mm-hmm. And you're like, "You're reading fucking incorrect information because it's changed now." Like, if you watched the news last night about Brexit, yeah. and they're like, "Oh, press conference this morning." Actually, heard a little snippet about it this morning. Very interesting. Uh, so that's been delayed now mm-hmm. because there's another fisheries thing hasn't been upheld yeah so everything everything you wasted an hour on reading a fucking paper yesterday mm-hmm. is now untrue so unless it's like somebody's discovered a new molecule i'd be like oh that's quite cool yeah yeah or it's like somebody's been jailed for murdering their family I'm like oh yeah that probably happened mm-hmm. that's not going to change yeah but all the political shit yeah it just doesn't matter it's like the fucking snapchat of the the adult world uh, but is it, that's what people like about those. It's an ever-changing story, so it's very. It keeps you interesting. It's like a book, you know. It's this, it's another form of escapism. In keeping this fucker interested. Do you know why? You know the way I like lo-fi piano or like lo-fi yeah. like beats. Do you know what I really like in the morning? Sometimes is uh, is twenty-four hour news on. It's really like uh, it's like an airport. Like yeah, it's something. In do you the have it on subtitles on sound? No, no, no. I don't want to listen to it. Like I want to listen to the noise, but I don't want to listen to the words. I don't want to hear what they're saying. I don't want to hear what they're talking about. I you're just like that. En- you're an enigma. I like that noise in the background. It makes really you connected, you know, global, like global. But uh, Todd, Todd was the person who, the third person at the rally with us, right? And when we used to get random reception and we get Wi-Fi every few days or something, <sighs> me and Fitz would sign in and look at our WhatsApp and messages and yeah. like, talk to people. The first thing Todd would do was go and download a load of articles. Oh my god! Yeah, and not every time. Yeah, every fucking every time. Fucking time. Broadsheet articles. And he'd sit in the back and um, like he wouldn't even talk to us. He'd just be reading big long articles. Yeah, he we'd be like. It messaging our family checking what's happened on the internet mm-hmm. check like joe usual shit it's check a few emails any big lifts missed any yeah exactly and then todd would be downloading the fucking back articles of probably the guardian yeah with you you lefty bastard um yeah he just loved it he just sit in the back reading current it. affairs uh but yeah anyway that's my views on current affairs how do we get on to current affairs um oh t- uh, seb seb sorry yeah it's yeah. Gurf, we need to talk about the left-right thing. Oh, So, right. right? Okay. For the people who don't... Right, uh, obviously you're not going to know about this because this is a conversation we had in Gurf's kitchen yesterday. So, like, L-arginine is a supplement, right? L-arginine, there's an R-arginine, but it's basically the left and right-hand pair. So, certain pairings of amino acids, uh, and we'll just know, like, certain ones as L-arginine, L-carotene, all this shit. 
we were ringing it up yesterday because we were watching a fucking YouTube video about some supplement. And Gurf starts talking about if everything in the world was switched. Okay, okay. Will I, will I, get, will I tell you how I got to that? So there's called Mirror Life, right? But I, I'll have to take a bigger step back and explain this to people. So I think that's a hashtag. A ha- what? Mirror Life. <laughs> so there's this philosophical argument called the Fermi Paradox. About, right. It's basically where the fuck are all the aliens, right? So if you were to look at the age of the Earth and then the age of the galaxy. Yeah. So if you were to imagine that it would take... Um, generational ships to travel from one star to the next star say one by one you know yeah. you colonize every planet around those stars it would take approximately a thousand years say for those inter- interstellar trips to happen so right. after maybe one to ten million years the whole galaxy would be colonized by a advanced civilization yeah so earth is like pretty late in terms of it's pretty young compared to the rest of the galaxy and the rest of the planets around it so Basically, by this stage, we should be colonized by another advanced civilization or we should be invisible to them or we should be aware of them. And basically, the, the question is, where the fuck are all the other alien civilizations? Yeah. So one of the, there's what these called. So either we're the only people who made it or we're about to not make it is essentially some of the arguments. So there's what? loads of arguments. So there's these things called great filters. And these great filters are like steps along the way of a civilization's advancement through time that eliminates certain civilizations. Yeah. It could be... Like a sieve. Like a fucking sieve. Right. So it could be that the initial formation of life could be one of the greatest filters and it doesn't happen that easily. Yeah. So even though there's literally millions of habitable planets in the solar system, or not solar system, the galaxy, it might be that the filter... For formation of life, like sporadic formation of yes. life, is so fucking hard to get through. Yeah, that we could be the only ones, but probably not. Probably not no, the galaxy. I'm not the only one. So it could be that there is hundreds of thousands and millions of um, civilizations that are extinct mm. because you get to different filters. Yeah. So it could be the nature of advanced life, of intelligent life, that you always destroy yourself. Yeah. There's always something that destroys yourself. Yeah. That you always get to a certain scenario. And uh, one of these is known as mirror life, right? Yeah. So this is funny, actually, because everyone who starts training thinks they're going to squat every day. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, mirror life is uh, essentially so everything. All proteins are left handed versions in in life and Mm -hmm. some sugars are right handed. Right. So that's what the L-arginine and whatever. So everything everyone uses is, um, you know, L-arginine or not a left handed version. So all our DNA is set up that way. And it's called homochirality. Right. So I'm I'm barely gripping on still. Are you following me? Yeah. So if you were to... So every every life form on Earth follows this homochirality, right? Right. So if you were to get another planet, a fresh planet, fresh, yeah. green, juicy planet, like the, the bread I made yesterday, just ripe with fucking... Yeah. Just ready for roguelike. Awesome. And you terraform that planet, but the life forms you... Ter- this is assuming you advance technology, right? Right. And you terraformed this planet with... Um, like a 3D printer for humans. Basically. So you yeah. made life on that planet, but you ter- you made it where it was reversed. Right. Where the chirality, so right-handed proteins. Yeah. Only. Yeah. So the problem with that is you, you can't ingest proteins that would be uh, 
the opposite right. of what you yeah, are. So yeah, yeah. we couldn't eat right-handed proteins. We couldn't yeah. it just pass right through us. There's nothing our body could do with it. You couldn't assimilate it. You couldn't use it for DNA. You couldn't. Right. Absolutely nothing. So if you if you terraform this, right, so you made that, you made all life on that planet, right-handed proteins, viruses and parasites and stuff would be extinct. So if you didn't introduce those, mm. they would never, they wouldn't be able to interact with people. So you couldn't, you'd have a disease-free world. However, there is some bacteria called like cyanobacteria, right, which only needs achiral nutrients and sunlight to survive. Right. So if you... If one of those right-handed mirror life nutrients, so cyanobacteria, got to Earth or oh, was developed developed on Earth, it would just take over the planet. So it it would no virus. So there's no like back to my virus phages, you know, phages back to yeah. the prion virus. Yeah, yeah. Or bacteria, they wouldn't be able to eliminate the bacteria. They wouldn't be able to interact with it. So this bacteria would just spread and spread and Man, eliminate. That's so fucked up. And eliminate basically life from uh, from the bottom up, essentially. So everything relies on bacteria, you know, and it follows up the chain of events. The Chinese better not be making that in the lab somewhere. There is uses um, for some stuff, but like the problem with that is that it, it just needs sunlight and like acaryl nutrients would be oh, stuff like, Jesus. you know, um, like minerals and shit. Yeah. That's irrelevant. You know, that's non-biological. Fuck. The Fermi paradox is F-E-R-M-I if you want to look it up. It's very, very interesting. Yeah. See, that's the kind of shit you could, like, if you put your Guardian reading time, yeah, but you were reading about Fermi and all this stuff, Imagine how much more interesting you'd be. You'd have loads of friends. I don't think you would. <laughs> <laughs> so then the Fermi paradox. Not the kind of friends you want. But that's one of the random doomsday scenarios that I could yeah. envision. Like you could have like nuclear, just we just just wipe each other out with nuclear power yeah. or um, whatever. Or like you could have fucking any any doomsday scenario. Anything yeah. could happen. A virus, asteroid, uh, war, whatever. Then there's loads of other scenarios, the Fermi paradox, where it's like. Aliens actively aren't visiting us because they're like, they look like idiots. Aliens yeah. are leaving us alone until you're advanced enough. There's another scary scenario where there is a marauding pirate civilization that when it finds another civilization that's advanced enough to protect itself, just comes and fucks up the civilization and just wipes it out. Sorry. Yep. Garf, where where does that theory come from? It, it could possibly. Well, okay. So every time, think about any time humans have gone to a new uh yeah uncontacted tribes yeah but it, we could also say what happens what happens what happens they fucked what them up if they fucked them up yeah. yeah but we could also say there's a giant spaceship made of marshmallows and they don't come here because we're they're afraid we're going to eat them okay well you're like you can just you can say anything like that i know but that's that's what's the i'd love is. if there was a marauding you know pirate civilization that was do you know what you described there that's another psychological physiological philosophical argument it's called the celestial teapot so it's um I can say to you right now, right? There's a teapot in space. I put yeah. it there, and you can't prove me wrong. Yeah, because it's so small, you'd never be able to prove me wrong. That's what you just did there. It's a wasted fucking argument, Fitz. Yeah, yeah. Get a grip, right? Yeah, get a grip. There's another thing called a floating dragon as well. It's like a special teapot. I could be like, I have a pet dragon. You'd be like, I don't see it. And I'm like, oh, it's invisible. So you'd be like, I'm gonna throw a flower on the ground. I'd yeah, be, I'd be like, every time I move the goalpost, you know, I'd be like, yeah, oh, it's yeah, actually yeah. floating. And you'd be like, I'll just aim a little bit higher, and you'd be like, no, it's yeah. actually a bit higher. That's like the fellow who's come back to school after the summer holidays and be like, no, I kissed a girl. <laughs> and he'd be like, who was she? It's like, uh, her name was Zayana. It's like, oh, right. Yeah. Where was this? I was on holidays. Oh, where were you on holidays? Uh, Kerry. Oh, I was on holidays in Kerry. Where were you? Uh, you don't know him. Yeah, you wouldn't know. You know? No, 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 no. You wouldn't know. There's roads in Kerry there where you just, I'm like, 
obviously living very close to Kerry. Yeah. When I was driving back yesterday, there was roads I've never ever been on and places. Really? Know, yeah, coming into like even Castle Island places I've been. Castle Island. Castle Island. Fucking waiting yesterday for like five minutes. In Ireland, right, you don't pay for diesel or petrol first anywhere. Basically, no, there's nowhere. never. And I was waiting for ages. And I made, do you want me to make eye Is contact? Is that what you were talking about in the group chat yesterday? Yeah, do you want me to make eye contact with them? Yeah. And then it's ignore you and you're like, clearly I'm waiting. Yeah, yeah, the release the pump, pump, please. Release the pumps. <laughs> release the pumps. But yeah, the Fermi Paradox is uh, is something that's very interesting. Um, yeah. Well, if you're to believe Joe Rogan, oh, they'd have a visit as what they've always visited us. He had a load of alien people on recently. Did he? Yeah. I haven't listened to a Rogan podcast since he went to Texas. I've no idea why I just haven't. I haven't had time really. I used to listen to him work, uh, but I don't have time. He hasn't had anyone on recently where I've been like, "Oh, that's particularly interesting." Yeah, I like some of the alien ones, but uh, I always leave them being like, "I love Neil deGrasse Tyson." I fucking hate him. Why? He's a smarmy. He's so smarmy. So smarmy. He's a little too smarmy. For we me. can be smarmy as well, though, and he has twice the intelligence we do. Um. Are we smarmy? Yeah. My favourite ever Joe Rogan guest was the Google guy. Do you remember the guy the that guy got fired to Google yeah. for the um Oh something I'm, like he's not my favourite because of the reason he got fired. He's <laughs> my favourite because he's like incredibly intelligent and has no real concept that the other people in the world aren't as, as intelligent. Mm-hmm. Rogan was like, Oh, do you like to play chess? And he's like, Yeah, I used to fuck around with chess. It's like, oh what like Joe, you know, uh, some people get really into it. It's like, Yeah, yeah, I used to do the I used to play games with my head. And then Rogan was like, you what? He's like, yeah, like I could play like three or five games in my head at once. <laughs> like, I love that. That's a symptom of many, of the most, some of the most intelligent people I've ever met in my life are always oblivious to how intelligent yeah. they are. It's like they either downplay it or they just don't realize. Yeah. It's it's a huge symptom. And usually the people <sighs> who think they're the smartest and actors usually aren't. Oh, fuck yeah. That's the problem. It's yeah. so weird. He was the guy that um did the memo, the internal memo citing scientific studies but why was it was it women for nurturing environments or something? yeah it was like gender inclusion in in stem in uh in google but i don't know I he, don't. Uh, he just didn't understand the shitstorm he was in yeah 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 that's it because he was just like well scientifically here's the evidence yeah because he just didn't get it well, like i think the the huge issue there was they asked for feedback oh was so it? he did the like joe loads of companies will do like oh you can go and do this uh day-long seminar on x y or z and then afterwards they said oh we'd love your feedback and he said i'll give you feedback and he wrote like a 20 page document yeah because he had, like they just told him that's what he had to do so he did it uh but it was sent around and people weren't happy the guy from the social dilemmas on there recently really yeah great a great documentary I haven't watched it yet haven't you yeah i don't want to know like <laughs> oh girl you should definitely watch it i don't want to know you love instagram too much not to watch it actually yeah you shouldn't watch it no, you'll st- you'll go and live in the woods. I wouldn't mind living in the woods. Uh, great book recommendation for any people who want to hear what amateur sport was like in Ireland in the 90s. I remember reading this book when I was like 13 or 14, and I just started thinking about it again last week. Moss Keane's autobiography. Moss, oh yes. Moss Keane. Never read it, but I heard about it. It's called Ruck Malls, Rucks, Malls and Gaelic Football. Go and fucking get that book. A lot of multidisciplinary people back in the day, wasn't there? Yeah, the fucked up thing in Ireland was like the GA, which is our like national sporting body uh, who control like Gaelic football and hurling and a few other sports. Completely. They had a rule that if you played a foreign sport, you weren't allowed to play in the GA. What? 
Did you not know that? I did not know that. That was only that was abolished in twenty thirteen or something. What the? Fuck? Or no, sorry. Uh, in, no, it, no they, yeah. that was a Crow Park thing. But it was like that was there when our parents were growing up. Jesus. Uh, and it was there when Moskeen was a kid. So Moskeen used to play football, Gaelic football for UCC and obviously for his club at home in, in Castle Island. It was when you said Castle Island, it reminded me of it. Uh, and he used to play as Fenton Keen because his dog was called Fenton. No way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, an absolute horse of a man. So Robbie's the only professional early 2000s, wasn't it? It was yeah. aesthetically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when uh, Steve Thompson, the English player, and a couple other players are telling you he's taken the yeah. rugby union to court because he's got early onset dementia now. He's in his 40s. That's no bueno. No bueno. And he's um, they, they're trying to say, so someone will have to prove, did they know enough at the time? But it's very hard to say, like, how can you defend your position by saying, you know, uh, I didn't think the knocks in the head would be that bad. Yeah, I didn't know concussions were bad. Did you know they would have long term effects? Huh? What? What? Do you know, like it's very indefensible the rub union, and even if they feel like you know they didn't have the requisite knowledge at the time, the political climate right now would make them look like dickheads if they didn't concede. I would say, yeah, they're probably better off acknowledging that they fucked up at the time. Yeah, because they did. But it's well, I don't it's know if it's their fault as well, you know, because yeah. it's not like. In that case, there's no head to cut off, you know. There's no Thomas Ayan. Mm-hmm. There's no corrupt yeah. thing, you know. It, it's a load of lads who want to be the best rugby players in the world, being coached by a load of coaches who want to be the best coaches in the world, mm-hmm. who are then governed by a governing body who want to have the best national team. Like, you know, like yeah. Do do them do this the procedures in place now protect players or is it just ah yeah they're way better yeah they're way better even from when i was underage to like the last few years like they are there's proper oh, it's still not proper like the problem with head injuries is you can't do a pitch side assessment yeah that's the problem and the problem is is you can be completely asymptomatic and then weeks months however long down the line you can start getting problems and the other thing is like the accumulative factors that go along with head injuries it's not just like, uh, Garf, you get a concussion in September, mm-hmm. you take uh, maybe 21 days off, you have your return to play, everything goes well, completely asymptomatic, you go back playing, and then you get a concussion in October. And then that October concussion, your return to play should be like 21 days, but realistically it's not. And when they start accumulating guys use the same return to play protocols even though there's return to play for accumulative it's exponential isn't it everyone yeah, is, is yeah, double yeah. the previous yeah time. but like very few players go through a whole season without getting a few knocks like i know that's you know cool. like yeah and the, the problem is it when players are asymptomatic players are asymptomatic mm-hmm. and it's a fucking rugby player like you know you're you're talking to somebody who as their thing they enjoy most in life they run into people with their face yeah so when they're at home and they're saying like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'm, I've just been doing stationary bike work for the last three weeks. I'm grand. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with me. Like you're fighting a demon that they can't see and who's going to fight their corner for them? Like, you know, because they don't have a 40 year old person next to them saying like, come on, boy, just don't play the game. Mm-hmm. They have them next to them who wants to play. A coaching team is obviously looking out for them, but it would like the player to be playing. Mm-hmm. Like, Joe, it, it just... You're literally trying to catch dust, Joe. Like it's just so difficult to hold on to. You'd end up eliminating careers. So if you were to give the um, 
actual exponential recovery time. So if you were to ban a player, so if you had a, say, the formal process for diagnosing someone from a concussion, so let's say yeah. you're a professional rugby team, you got a concussion, so for some reason, let's say, ever acted like it was your first concussion and you were in your mid-20s, yeah. and then you say 21 days, and then you get one the next season, so they're like, well, you need, um, say, three months now to recover or whatever. Like, you'd end up with players playing could end up playing two seasons in their whole career and then have to retire essentially. Yeah. But that's, that is, uh, so I think it doesn't look good for rugby, like, because it's such a young sport, like, and it, you obviously can't diagnose CD until post university, no. like, so. And that stuff's definitely coming down the line, you know. I think there's also, like, head injury is the biggest, uh, like, blocker or barricade or it's the biggest smear around rugby at the moment, you know. Yeah. I don't, th- like, rugby is an incredibly good name has an incredibly good like even parents or prospective parents looking to bring their children into rugby head injury is the thing that holds them back you know mm-hmm. like as a community incredibly good community in terms of respect it's like mm-hmm. a fucking prep school for young lads and girls like joe like yeah. really really good respect really good sportsmanship it's incredibly violent that they get hurt a lot but it's a great like proving ground. There's only the, like the one thing my parents would let me do when I was younger. After I finished like taekwondo, kickboxing, yeah. so I wanted to do boxing. I really wanted to do boxing. Yeah, they never told me no, but they always kind of made excuses for it. Now I yeah, really appreciate yeah, yeah. the fact that I didn't. I didn't do it. I really do. Like I just man, when you hear boxers talk, yeah, punch drunk is scary. Like <sighs> like Steve Sampson said, he regrets it. They were like, you know, do you? Because you know when he like you hear like Ronnie Coleman there, and he was on Joe Rogan a couple yeah. of months ago. And uh, or I don't know if he said it on Joe Rogan, but around that time he was like, "I don't regret anything." The only thing I regret is not going for more reps with eight hundred pounds. That's when people hear that you're like, "Well, fuck him." That's what he he lived his life where he wanted. But when you hear people like Steve Thompson say, "Oh, I wouldn't have done it," that's kind of like, "Yeah, that's grim," you know. Yeah, you you paid the price and it wasn't worth it. The consequences, like he said, they went from playing like two times a week to seven times a week. So they went from so he was at that kind of uh, inflection point from amateur to professional rugby yes and they went from two training sessions a week to just like seven times uh is there a limit on the contact hours now or what no, sorry there's no. none yet no so like different places of different guidelines i'm sure world rugby have guidelines around contact hours per week mm-hmm. but it, like it, they're not followed they like the problem isn't like the huge sm- smashing hits you know where you see a guy punch drunk on the field mm-hmm. like they're an issue where it's single discrete cases and you could possibly have somebody die on the pitch. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's happened. It's happened in Ireland where you have somebody getting like post-concussion syndrome. They get a huge hit and then they might get a tiny bang afterwards and they die. They, they're they like, that's huge priority issue. It's like major issue. But in terms of long-term uh, effects on people's health, it's sub-concussive lows and it's sub-concussive lows during training. Like, it's like hitting pads, mm-hmm. it's doing rock work, doing mall work, it's constant tackling. Like, it's those 20 sub-concussive blows uh, that are major enough to rock you a small bit per week. It's not the huge hit every month, you know. Yeah, but like, and, and we've fucking pre-Olympia amateur bodybuilders playing rugby now, like, they're fucking units. Jacked. Like, just yeah. South Africa, um, if you, if you, you go... see the school boys here. Yeah, yeah, I see, you see them. You see them jacked. walk up to school and they're like fifteen. Yeah, like if you look at um, if anyone, if you even if you know interest in rugby, if just Google South Africa rugby team, uh, like topless or something. Yeah, World Cup, and you will see 
20 odd blads just in phenomenal Ridiculous shape. shape like normally you'll have like one or two freaks in a rugby team uh irish the irish team is actually a funny example of that they're they're not homogenous in terms no, of shape no, no, you'll no. have all sorts of shapes you'll have a few lads who are yaks you know yeah no i'm not saying they're not in drugs i'm just saying for whatever reason yeah yeah you would see one or two lads who are in phenomenal shape and then the rest are giants like big lanky fuckers yeah. and really short lads you see lads who are particularly fat but they're strong bullocks like yeah but then if you look at the South African rugby team, they are literally, every one of those looks like they're a gym bro. Yeah. And they are all like so... They all look like Larry Wheels. They're all like <laughs> sub 12% body fat. They had, I think they had the second longest training camp after Japan. No, they had the longest no, training camp. No, I think camp. Japan had the longest training camp. Did they? I think, I. but the, this didn't matter. Whatever they were doing yeah, in their training yeah. camp was obnoxious. But then if you look at them against England, England were the same. England were, every one of the English team had pecs. Like, yeah. Every one of the English team had fully developed pecs on a rugby player. Like, for every, not all of them need that. Like, yeah. Like, they, the shape they were all in. Like, England weren't even that good at rugby. Like, oh, well, England they were solid. Always, always been top five in the world. But, the team they brought to the World Cup there were just yeah, units. Yeah, like, yeah. they Phenomenal. were doing, like, if you, like, them running into each other is like smashing bits of wood together. Like, yeah. You know, it's just um, compared to what was on play in the 90s. Yeah. The shorts didn't even... Completely different. You could have put two lads into most of the shorts <laughs> they were wearing. Like they had, you know, their calves, yeah. their calves and their quads are the same circumference. Like, yeah. But now there's like fucking... Yeah. But see, the All Blacks are changing back again, I think. Going back. Yeah, the All Blacks are kind of... But that process happened a long time ago. Like the difference you have with the All Blacks and... And the rugby culture in New Zealand is like mm-hmm. you're you're talking about guys who are playing with the ball for four hours every day yeah. in school. You know, yeah. they're playing barefoot outside. They're phenomenally good, intelligent rugby players. Not not to take that away from South Africans or anything like that, but you have people who are able to play football like like very 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 skillful players all over the field, and then they open it up to a game plan where they're not just hitting it up at twelve. Mm-hmm. you know there it's yep. not one or two pass out and then smash up like their game plan is very very fluid in the northern hemisphere we tend to have much more structure so you like kick your corners you play territory a lot more you'll tend to like play foot tennis like you they'll just kick ball from one end of the field to the other until they're in a good position yeah and then they'll decide to attack or until they force or until there's an unforced error happens with the kick you know and that annoys a lot of people when they watch Northern Hemisphere rugby. Uh, French rugby then is different, different altogether. So you have huge, huge physical battles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then some flamboyance in the backs. But it's funny how like the the nature of the game changes so much from country to country. Yeah. And then when you bring it to a World Cup setting, it's so, like that's what's so intriguing, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, or even when you see like play, t- playing teams like Georgia, and like a country very very young in their rugby mm-hmm. history they're not good uh but then they might have like two huge props yeah you know and, and then you have like a real battle at scrum time so that's i think a very interesting thing about sports is it's so different yeah uh like the same with fucking weightlifting everyone trains slightly differently everyone does things a bit different but i just think in rugby it's just those differences are so much bigger in magnitude yeah so anyhow, South Africa ended up where they are, though. The, you know, we were talking about this. Oh, if you want to watch South African rugby movie, watch Invictus. Is that good? I've never seen it, actually. So fucking good, yeah. Um, you know... The rugby in it, it like, 
you know, when you watch sport in a film and it just isn't what the sport looks like. Yeah. Like the rugby and it's terrible, but yeah. they've the movie itself is very good. It's like boxing movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. We were talking about the kind of the subject the other day. Obviously the South Africa are off their tits on gear, like Absolutely, yeah. And we were trying to talk about this. Every time we talk to Broderick we we wonder how much difference does gear make, you know, and yeah. is it you often hear the quoted sir for weightlifting be like twenty percent of a project. You know, we blew that out of the water. Yeah. If you haven't listened, to Bro- you might have listened to project. Yeah. Like, you if you have listened to project podcast, you'll hear mentioned that. And he's like, "How do you even quantify that?" You know. Yeah. So we're t- we were talking about, for example, Lasha. So in this case, Lasha has tested positive before, so we know for a fact yeah. he's on gear again, right? So he gains. He's gain- also snatching more weight than anybody else. So we're like, so of course he's on fucking drugs, and he, he's more than everyone. And for example, the all-time world records like Antonio Krastev, Antonio, Antonio doesn't sound right. Anthony Krastev, anyway, two sixteen, the heaviest yeah. ever, and then he came along and smashed that by five kilos since. If and it looks bug- like a duck, and it walks like a duck, it quacks like a duck. It's probably a fucking duck. But I'm wondering. <laughs> How much better is Lasha than those other super heavies like Gore Minnesotan or whatever? Like, yeah. Like prior to this, like Seb said a few times in these on these YouTube, like snatching two ten in competition historically would have almost guaranteed you a gold at Worlds. Yeah, uh, definitely a medal. Now it's like it's not, it doesn't it you get a silver from it, right? You know, but you're not you're no, no. you're ne- nowhere close to getting gold what Lash is putting up. So then we know they're on drugs. We yeah. know they're on drugs, right? Whatever, but are. Is it because Lash is taking a lot more drugs? And it seems from what Project says, like, performance is only limited by how many drugs you can take or how much, you know. But we know then people are shit at sports. Yeah. So is the bare minimum being talented and then you... And then your titration of drugs is the deciding factor? Or is it everyone takes the same amount of drugs and your talent is the deciding factor? We don't know. See, if you were to look at rugby, right? Yeah, we know New Zealand are the most talented. There's, yeah, they're the most skillful and talented. I think that's a fair statement. Yeah, but did they lose to South Africa because South Africa took more drugs? Like, is is rugby is that possible? Rugby and it kind of looks like it in that scenario because South Africa weren't that great at, at rugby and neither are England. Ah, they, they have some. They're great good players. rugby, no, but that's what I mean. So they're at the minimum. So they're the elite, right? The yeah, you're, you're, we're talking about the elites now. The separation between them. we're not yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah. Crosshaven Your playing. junior B team Yeah like. we're not talking about that like yeah. We're talking about When I say they're shit at rugby Obviously they're good at rugby Obviously they're good at rugby But they're not as good As yeah. the end were at rugby You know And it's it's hard to it, you, The default position from you Is to say Because I, like you would say No they just got beaten You know Yeah But is that all Is that the case Because I think But then are we going to say None of the All Blacks players are doping But I mean what I'm trying to say is South yeah, Africa was more though, you know? So yeah. it's um, it's a funny... It, a lot of, like... Weightlifting, weightlifting is unique from other sports in the fact that where there's tactically almost nothing. Yeah. So tactically there's... Yeah. Uh, like, the game day stuff is, is almost worthless. Uh, and assuming somebody's in good shape and they've done those numbers in training, that's what the numbers will be. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you have big performances being pulled out, but it's not like, oh, we're going to try this move. You yeah. know, we're going to try snatching with our pinkies. Yeah. And, uh, but I think th- the nature of team sports, it's not that it, it levels off for drugs, but the fact that it's like 15 lads against 15 lads with completely different game plans. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what the game, like they'll have done their video analysis. They'll have probably watched every game those players will have played for at least the last three years. They have a very good idea what the squad will be. They know exactly what the team will be. Uh, 
and then it's pitching a game plan against another, you know. So, like, they have their chess pieces. Everyone knows what the chess pieces are. And then they go they go at it tactically, you know. And that's like... Yeah, but... But I just... Yeah. It's so hard to quantify. The other thing, the reason it's so hard to quantify as well is we've absolutely no idea how prolific doping is mm-hmm. in rugby. See, like the... We, we only know... We only know mm. that it definitely happens. Yeah. We don't know to what extent. That's what I'm saying. We'll, we'll probably never know. But it, it, it starts to seem more like the winner is who can take the most drugs in a lot of sports. Because you have the bare minimum. Everyone's talented to get there. So, you know, when, when people on YouTube comment and say that's only because he's in drugs, it's because oh there's no way that person commenting would ever get there. You don't have yeah, the talents. Yeah, yeah. You don't have everything to get there, you know. Yeah. But then among the elites, the separation does seem like, you know, that basic chromatography thing you did in school with your boy yeah. is the separation just who takes more drugs or who takes better drugs or who's better application of drugs who can take more drugs yeah. closer to competition um, like Gabriel's a good a great friend of ours we, like, yeah. we love Gabriel he had a huge performance at Rio mm-hmm. like did he not have that talent he hit his best in 2011 you yeah. know in training this is another of many examples you know clearly he took he whatever he was doing yeah. pre-Olympics you know like someone like Tarokadi there is the opposite example yeah he did like 240 in a competition he put up a video of him doing like 230 no problem clean and jerk competition uh, we know he used on drugs too because he tested positive yeah retroactively or whatever uh, and then in the Olympics he barely clean and jerk 228 yeah you know what's the what is the separating factor and if it, if it is drugs I could feel how it fe- seems oh, to be honest it doesn't bother me much in weightlifting but it's something that rugby bothers me more uh, it bothers me so much in rugby because if it, if that was the decision in it's like South Africa won because they were just fitter and they were stronger and the degradation of the whole season the whole World Cup didn't take them down as much as it did for example New Zealand that feels a lot dirtier to me for some reason yeah 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 because like you want the best team to win you know yeah in weightlifting I'm going to see the biggest weightlifter the b- fastest and the most easiest yeah. so to me kind of, I kind of don't care who wins but in rugby I'm like oh that doesn't feel fair at all oh there's just something disingenuous as well when it's like a physical confrontation you know yeah I always like think, yeah sprinting weightlifting powerlifting it doesn't matter if if my fucking nephew is doing powerlifting and he got beaten by somebody who's on gear it's like why the fuck would I care yeah don't he just didn't do whatever that guy did mm-hmm. and he doesn't have the same numbers but if your nephew Got his fucking arm broken by some huge cunt playing under 12s. Yeah. Because their mother is giving him a bit of D-ball every morning. Yeah, yeah. Joe, like, it's yeah. just so... It's so different. And that's, like... Morally, that's a lot harder to defend as well if you're yeah. the person. But then, uh, like, as we've said, the, the morality of doping, like, the sports, is yeah. not fair. So it's such a... Gr- it's such um Yeah. The contest between two people feels a lot dirtier than the contest against oneself in terms of sports. Mm. So I know sprinting, all sports are against other people. Your maximum performance is irrelevant to what your other competitor does. Yeah, it's something about causing harm to the other person as well, though. Yeah, well, obviously that's huge. So, like, and it's not the fact that they're taking drugs; the other person wouldn't be taking drugs. Yeah. So I, I'd prefer if they're all to take drugs in rugby, let them relax. Like, like they might. Well, yeah, they might be crippled by the time they're thirty-five. You know. Yeah, but they definitely have more head injuries. <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I hope you've had a great Christmas day. Yeah. Happy uh, Christmas. Yeah. What a weird podcast to listen to on Christmas Day. What the fuck? Yeah. Go back and spend time with your families. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here, you losers. Get out of here. Eat some chocolate. Yeah. Right. Thanks for listening. We'll have a 
2020 roundup next week before yeah. New Year's Eve. Yeah. Uh, so stay tuned for that. As always, it's been a pleasure.